The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk. And like always, I have my co-host, TJ. Hey, Jack, you that I'm here, love. How you doing? Doing good. Well, I'd like to start off the show with saying that I got a very good email the other day on the radio show email from a young lady named T. And uh, she has some good things to say about, you know, the show and what we're doing. And a uh, very inspirational email from her. I, I had met her a long time ago when I first moved to Arizona. Uh made the email short that uh, she was coming out to Arizona. She had nowhere to go. A friend, you know. So she's supposed to move to a friend, but make long story short, she had nowhere to go. And uh, me and my friend Christy had took her to dinner. You know, she had no money or food, and she came out and hit a place and ended up having a good life. And the good thing about it is, Terry, that I'm, well, I'm telling you the story about her is she's in Italy living, and she's been listening to our show, and she listened to the show today. So we got listening in Italy. <laughs> right on. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? All the way out in Italy. So she told me it's. Um, Five in the morning out there when she listened today, so she's on listening to it. You know, she emailed me said she listened to the show right now. So, man, we all over the world. Well, that's good. Man. And, that's, that's, and that's pretty impressive. And the good thing about it is she talked about you and she talked about Glover. Glover, you on the line? Yeah, I'm on the line. I was just telling um, TJ that we got listening over in um, Italy, and she spoke about you and Terry on the show, and said she you know she real. You know what we doing is a good thing, and we sound good on it. He said, we sound really good on the um, air, so just let y'all know, we're all over the world now. <laughs> well, tell her we said, I said thank you. I appreciate her. Absolutely. Well, it was funny because she sent me an email, then I said to them because I knew her, and then she's like, you call him TJ? She said, well, Terry. She said, why are you always on Terry? And then she goes, um, Glover, he's in California. She said, I want to move on there. Tell Glover, you know, I'm like, yeah, but she said, y'all, yeah, we do a good job, guys. So I just want to let y'all know, and I'll send y'all the email that she said. It was really positive about all of us. Uh, tell, her, tell her she come to California to come uh, We'll tell her. She wants to come out, and she said she wants to keep traveling, and, you know, and she said it. Um, actually, she just said she she liked the way we, you know, feed off each other, and, you know, she said, always, I'm always starting things, so. so. <laughs> well, she didn't lie. <laughs> So I wanted to tell you guys about that, and I'll send you guys the email, you know, a very positive one. So, but other than that, hey, guys, let's get started. You know, it's, it's been a crazy week. You know, we know the refs up back and all like that, but, you know, other than that, you know, uh, we we got we got to talk about it. Is it Tebow time? 
is the Jets going to come and not go to TiVo, you know, just because the Jets got shut out, you know? What do you guys think? Well, the thing about it is, is that we all knew this was coming. Um, we all knew it was going to happen. I, I mean, I've been kind of talking about the quarterback situation in uh, in New York for a while with, with Mark Sanchez. And when they made that move with Tebow, we all know Tebow's uh, M.O. <laughs> you know, he's going to go in there where a quarterback's struggling and, and, and people are going to want want to see what he can do and what uh, give him a shot at it. But I don't necessarily know if it's a good move to make right now. Um, there's been a lot of talk on it um, and what it's going to do to the locker room, what it's going to do to the players and the season and stuff like that. Um, but you have to think back when uh, LT retired from last year. There was talk about how Sanchez was babied and you know how Rex would just basically, you know, look over all of all, all of the things that that were going on with him and stuff like that. So it looked like there was some dissension in the locker room with Sanchez, and um, you just you just wonder how uh, how the other players are are feeling about him. But I don't personally think that they should make a drastic move like this yet. Clover, hey, you know what you. Um you're right, TJ. You know, with with uh, that uh, three ring circus out there with the New York Jets. You know, the ringmaster being Rex Ryan. You know, he he likes attention. You know, he's the guy with the the wig with the red knuckles on that he squeezed from time to time. And so they needed another attraction. You know, to distract them from not performing on the field like they should have been doing. You know, there was never anyone there to push Mark Sanchez or develop him further. So they're getting what they paid for. You know, a quarterback that's playing minimal or, or under. You know, he, he, he hasn't taken that step in the right direction because he hasn't had nobody to challenge him. Now, is Tebow, is Tebow the guy to challenge him? No. Should they, should they make a change? Should they make a change in New York? No, to, to, to make a change now is saying that, you know, you're not going in the direction and everything you put into Mark Sanchez is all meant for nothing. So I say keep him in there and ride him till the wheels fall off. And, and not only that, Glover and Love, if you were to change and put Tebow in there, you're going to have to change your offense because Tebow is not a throwing quarterback. He has not developed that, you know, to, to that point yet which is what we talked about a little bit last year with Tebow and, and what team he would go to and what that team would have to do in order to, to make that offense work. They're going to have to change up the whole offense. Um, when you put a quarterback like Tim Tebow in, he's not a throwing quarterback. So, therefore, 75% of your offense that you run, you're not going to be able to run with a quarterback like Tim Tebow. If not more, 80%, I'd be, I, I would assume. Yeah, but let me ask you this question, Terry and Glover. You know, and this is what happened when, in Denver. You know, and I listen to all the sports that thing. If you get 70,000 people, um, Chen Tebow, you bring him in, right? And that's what's going to happen with the Jets. They're going to have to bring him in because if you got the stadium, Chen Tebow, they're going to bring him all because they don't want the, the fans to be mad. Am I right? Well, yeah, true. 
to, I mean, true to a certain extent, and, and, and that's where the money is. That's where the money is. Um, but, you know, is New York in that position right now? I mean, they're not necessarily in the... I mean, I, I wouldn't put them in the same category as Denver was with when, when um, you know, when they wanted Tebow, put Tebow in, so on and so forth. I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't put them in the same category, but... Um, I don't know. Is New York in that in that in that same position? I don't think so. Love, what do you think? Well, uh, you're right to a certain degree. Yeah, they're not there yet, and uh, I don't think they'll get there. Because, I mean, if you look at it, they just re-signed Mark Sanchez to an extension, a two-year extension or something, which saves the money down the road. No, I think in the off season when they were you know going after Peyton Manning and talking other things. I think that was to try to make Mark Sanchez work harder. We failed to, you know, we don't remember that he's under a new uh, offensive coordinator this year. So that's some of his struggle, not that he hasn't struggled in the past. But but for me, you know, to, to throw in the towel right now on Sanchez when what weapons does he have around him? He don't have a real running game or a true running game. You know, his receivers are up and down. You know, his line is makeshift, his defense isn't performing. So when you throw all that into the equation, you know, from a team standpoint, he, he really doesn't have no help. I'm not saying that to make an excuse for him because he hasn't really performed up to expectations. But when you look at the whole the whole mix that's in the bowl, I think just all around from head coach to, you know, the kicker and the punter is just we're getting what they want us to have. You know what, Club? Um, uh, I agree totally with you, and that's weird. I mean, I'm agreeing with you. You know, <laughs> but I agree with you, though. You know, you got one on me, Club. But you know what? I want to change the, the subject, guys, real quick because we're supposed to have a caller call in, and then I want to talk more about that if he calls in. But Glover, I gotta, I gotta tell Terry about your text. You know, is that all right with you, Glove? <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Because I want to have time where we can scold Terry, you know, Glove, and, and I agree with you. Come on, man, like Chris Cowboy. What's up with your Cowboys, Terry? Come on. <laughs> Love it. You want to start on him or you want me to start? I'm going to let you start, Glove. I have to be careful about what I say because I am a true Cowboys fan. <laughs> let me, let me, let me I call let me Love. Talk. Hey, I, I talked to Love, and I said, look, man, I said, I'm thinking about looking for a new team. <laughs> because Love, that, Love, I'm going to let you start on him first. As if I could have helped them if I was on the field. I mean, I was right. that mad um, at right. that. I don't know what you know what the Cowboys are doing or what they're thinking. There's there's no consistency with them within the offense. I mean, you would think uh, what they have a week and uh, a day or a week and two days to prepare to play a football game and then to come out as bland as they do with the talent that they have. And it makes you think that just because you put that Cowboys uniform on, and I think Joe Theismann spoke of this, you put that Cowboys uniform on, and that automatically makes you great. And your work ethic, where's your work ethic, and, and, and where's your heart? It just doesn't seem like they have it. Um, you know, dropping balls, throwing interceptions, making bad decisions, and where was the defense at? I mean, they put no pressure on the Bears at all. One sack, I think, DeMarcus Ware got, and he was lucky to get that one. So, I mean, you put that team together as a whole, and they struggled, and they looked horrible. They looked real horrible, especially for a Monday night football game, a premier football game. You put the, the, the Dallas Cowboys on there, and they, and they looked like a joke. Yeah. 
Well, well, Sherry, let me let me let me start off. You know, uh, saying, you know, I said some hail marys for you, and I said a few. You know, I asked people to pray for you and your Cowboys after the way they played the other night, and I really felt bad. I uh, texted James asking him to check on you to make sure you was all right. <laughs> well, I was hard as fish grease, brother. <laughs> I was mad. Because <laughs> James let me know that that that's a you guys got a tradition going on with your family around the house where you know from head to toe it's Cowboy Day. You know, hats, jerseys, socks. Everybody wears cowboy stuff, glove. Absolutely, that's true fan. That's true fan stuff right there. And the thing about it is, is that glove. I didn't get to put mine on. I didn't even have mine on. Oh really? That's probably what happened. That's it. You gave them. You gave them. You know, not that they were in bad luck already, but you gave them more. You know, you think you got to put the gear on, Terry. You got to represent. I know, man. I know. I was just excited. I had to make dinner, and and, and I was trying to watch the game and 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 cook dinner at the same time, so I didn't get a man, on a, to get gear on, on a on a big day like that, man. You're supposed to eat out, man. You, you're supposed to bring it in. All of them too. And see, they get. Positive from you, you know. They knew you weren't there, really in spirits. You know what I'm saying? Your heart wasn't in the game, just yeah, like your yeah. heart wasn't in the game. You know what I'm saying? If you're gonna That's do probably it, what it was. You can't be going half. You can't be going half on a PJ. You got to go all the way, baby. <laughs> hey, hey, Glove. When I was down there. Everybody wore Cowboys. You're in the end. Is watch on everything. Everything was Cowboy. Am I right, Terry? No, you're right, love. That's what yeah. we do. That's what true fans do. Hey, TJ. TJ, I was making a comment to love. I said, really, you know, how's TJ doing? You talk to him. He's like, yeah. And then, you know, just a couple, couple of stones at you at the glass window. He's going to say, look up. Terry even got a cowboy watch. I'm like, what? He's like, man, that was a cowboy. I said, that is a true fan right there. I said, so make sure you Make sure you check. Absolutely. Hey, I'm hey, not the only true fan. There's plenty of true fans out there. No, but we're just talking about you and your family. That's all. We, we, don't, <laughs> you know, we, don't, have, we don't have a relationship. We don't talk on Wednesday with other fans. We talk to TJ. <laughs> hey, hey, Glove, I think, I think my family is afraid to root for anybody else. I think there's <laughs> to, to not be a Cowboys fan. Hey, you, you feared him into being Cowboy fans? <laughs> <laughs> hey, my grandbaby's a Cowboy fan. Wow, that's, that's crazy. But, but no, but you know what's, what's sad is that, like you said earlier, is that the expectation when you put the helmet on with the star. Somehow, you know, Jerry Jones has sold him as America's team. It wasn't when Danny White and all them and when Tex Ram owned them. It's when Jerry Jones took over. And so now we got this whole, you know, America team moniker rolling around, but they're not living up with playing up expectations. You know, you got all these, you know, your defense was supposed to be real good this year. Last year, you didn't have nobody to, to cover with Terrence Newman, so you go out and get defenders, you know, that could, that could cover in the secondary with Claiborne in there. You know, you right. pretty much have a good pass, a, a pass front of a rush up front. You got decent linebackers. But now, you know, you do all this to Dez Bryant, he's dropping balls. Miles mm-hmm. Austin, you know, I don't know if he ever got over uh, Kim Kardashian leaving him because the way he's been playing is like, you know, he's all emotional over that, you know. And it just seems like the team is like in a ray right now. And, and we're not going to even talk about, you know, uh, Tony, whatever his name is. Because, <laughs> you know, it's well, what it is. 
You know what, uh, guys, and I, and I want to hear what you have to say about this. I read a little article of what Dyson said about Jerry Jones not being a football guy and putting these teams together and not being a, a very good judgment of, of football talent. Do you guys think that Jerry Jones putting these teams together has an effect on on their performance and, and how they or do you think that, you know, he should kind of get some under management guys to, you know, go out and do some recruiting and, and, and do some judging of, of talent? You know what? Uh, I'll start off. Uh, I think Jerry is doing it to sell seats because he got this big old stadium. And he got these seats trying to get named and bring people in to pay for the stadium, you know. And I, I really don't think that, I mean, I know he want to win. That's why he's going out and get these guys with his name. But in other words, Jerry likes to be seen. He likes to be seen more than the players and the coaches. So what do you think, Luck? I'm, 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 I'm with you 100%. You got to look at everything he's done in such a grand fashion. You know, he doesn't, you know, he takes the job away from Wade Phillips, who's an experienced coach. Think about it. When Wade, when Wade Phillips was coaching, when Wade Phillips was coaching as a head coach, Garrett was making more money or just as much money as he was making as an assistant coach. So so the writing was on the wall for, for Wade Phillips to go. Now, you know, you look at terms of who's more, who's more noted, who do we know more in Dallas? The owner. You know, yeah, we know players, we know the coach, but the owner is the marquee in Dallas. You know, which isn't a good thing. So should he get somebody else? Yes. Is he going to get somebody else? No, because he always wants the light to shine on him. So why bring in a name person or, or somebody with more notoriety than himself? Then that would take the light away from, from himself. You know, so. And, and if, he's I'm, doing, if I'm not mistaken, Glove, he said and, and spoke to the fact, uh, it, it's been some time ago that if he's going to be in charge of, of, of his, you know, multi-billion dollar uh, investment, he's going to make the decision. And and that's exactly what he's been doing. But You're absolutely are those right. decisions the right decisions? I mean, and, and that's, I guess, what you have to ask yourself, because you can't necessarily sit and argue about the talent that he has, because the talent that has been in Dallas for the past five to six years has been pretty good talent. But it seems to be putting that talent together. And, You're right. And, and, and working together isn't. So, can we say that it's necessarily Jerry Jones's situation, or is it the coaching situation? Is is that where um, it, it needs to be looked at? Well, see, that's you know, what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying this right here. What you just said is 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 right. It's accurate. He won't bring in a guy that's going to outshine him. You know what I'm saying? It's like he's going to always bring in guys where he still has. Yeah, it's his money. It's his checkbook. He should have control. But he should also know that the recipe that he's been using here lately hasn't been working. So so something needs to be changed. Is he willing to open up the pocketbook? That dude pays him. It's not like he has a problem play, paying players. It's just making the right mix. You know what I'm saying? You can go out and spend $100 million. Don't mean you're going to win. And, right. and doesn't mean you're going to have all the right players and the right ingredients for success. You know, so it's, you know, who's to say what it is? Well, guys, let's take a break, and then we come back. We got a guest. I'm going to hear from him what he think about that Dallas and, and Bears game this week, and uh, and get some other insights about what he think about another day. So, this is Jack Loving. Uh, we'll be right back. 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football is Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry, your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Yeah, this is James Loving. I'm for Loving that sports talk. Got co-host TJ Terry Jackson. Uh, you that, Terry? I'm here. Man, we got a main man, my buddy that, you know, hey, I don't know where I grew up, what they call it, Eric Glover from San Diego. That Glove? Yes, I'm here, James. Well, guys, we got a special guest. I was fortunate enough to meet him at a golf tournament, and um, he kind of really helped me with my golf game. He didn't score me or nothing, but I was kind of really bad. But, you know, I, hey, I was good, he said. But uh, Mark Green, that Mark? Hey, James, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Well, Mark, before all the guys we bombard you with questions, tell the listeners uh, where you went to college and uh, what team you played for, the pro. Well, wait, 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 say it one more time. I missed the question, say it again. What, what college team you played for and where you played for in the NFL? You know, I, I was fortunate enough to be a Golden Domer. You know, had uh, an absolute blast at the University of Notre Dame. And, uh, in fact, uh, my senior year in 1988, we won the national championship, so... I had a oh, yeah. great, great, great experience at my university. And I was eventually drafted by Chicago and played five years as a tailback for the Bears here in Chicago. And, uh, you know, I, I, hey, listen, I'm not real quick to, to toot my horn or anything, but i got to say I really enjoyed Monday night because I'm not a Cowboy fan at all. So I had a blast <laughs> watching the Bears absolutely annihilate them on Monday night football. 
Well, bro, I'm gonna start off with you. Another guy that plays first. But what was up with that game? I mean, is it, we even talk about Jerry Jones, Tony Romo. What is going on with the Cowboys? You think? Well, personal opinion. You know, I uh, I don't think that, that that Tony Romo is every every bit as good as everybody else does. You know, I I just haven't seen a whole lot. There's a lot of guys who come in and perform at a very very high level, but I've never in my life in watching football seen a quarterback throw five interceptions in one football game. You know, there's something going on there. I don't I can't put my finger quite on it, but I know there's something going on there. A guy with the type of experience that he has and has played as many games as he has, there's no way. That that should happen. Uh, Terry, well, yeah, and, and granted, some of those interceptions were were tipped and, and whatnot. But Romo has to come up and he has to play up to his expectations and experience as well, which he has not done. Uh, Romo has still made those those mistakes that he should not have been making, um, whether it's fumbling the ball or just getting rid of it and getting in and, and putting it in the right place where somebody's not picking it up. Um, so Romo has to do his part as well. But that's it goes back to the whole thing, the whole talent thing. It, it, you know, the offense will struggle, the defense will struggle, the running game will struggle, the passing game will struggle. It never seems like they can get a good game plan put together. Well, right. Here's my question. Here's what I want to know. At what point, this is Eric Glover, at what point, like, like Mark said earlier, at what point do we just say maybe he don't have it? Maybe he, he's not the guy. Because it seems like we keep making reservations for Romo. We keep making reservations for Sanchez. We keep mes- making reservations for, love no hate me on this one, for Michael Vick. You know, and I could keep going on and list the quarterbacks that are in the NFL that we keep saying, well, you know what? Maybe the X, Y, Z, maybe they don't have the talent around them, you know, but like you say, they do, he threw five interceptions or whatever he threw the other night. Seidman Sy- makes a comment, shit, Seidman had a five, six game interception. So, you know, at what point do we say maybe he's not as good as we thought he was? That's my question. That's to you, Mark. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, I've heard many times over that Jerry Jones absolutely loves Romo. And, uh, you know, I don't even know if the guys ever won a playoff game. And, one. You know, it, it, the Dallas Cowboys are categorized as America's team, but yet they're not winning any playoff games. They're not doing anything. And Romo's been the starting quarterback for, what, five, five, six years or so. He's been there for quite some time. And at some point, you, you've got to say, okay, how can we win? Are we, do we want to, you know, keep the owner happy and keep uh, Romo happy, or do we want to go out and win a football game? You've got to make that decision now. You look at the pool of talent, and you look at the uh, you know the overall NFL and how many elite quarterbacks you have in the NFL. I'm willing to bet you that if there was somebody else that was available that you know is playing at a higher level than Romo, they'd probably take a good hard look at it. But the fact is, there's not a whole lot of elite quarterbacks in the NFL, and the guys that we categorize as elite quarterbacks are having a hard time even the beginning of this year. You look at uh, Eli Manning, who had somewhat of a slow start. Rodgers, Breeze, these guys are elite quarterbacks in the NFL, but yeah, they're having a hard time. And they, you know, I don't think Breeze has won a game all year, and he was a league MVP last year. So it tells you a lot, you know, about uh, how competitive the field is. Number one and number two, there are not that many guys who are available to play at that high level. 
So if somebody was available and presented themselves or it was presented to Jerry Jones, I, I bet you he'd probably take a good hard look at it, realize what has happened in the last couple of years with Tony Romo. Mark, my question to you is, you know, we was talking to all the guys, you know, last week. Isn't it, um, like, kind of good, I think, that we don't see the, the main teams in the area like New England. They starting to lose and pick for Isn't that, you think the league is starting to change now where the teams that we don't think is going to win, that we know it's, it's, it changes the league, the NFL now? And why is you, that, you think? Well, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, every team has a group of, of um, real specialized and great players. And at any point in time, somebody can make a play. And, and I think the difference in losing and winning football games is a very fine line. And that, um, you know, these elite teams that we, you know, categorize as elite teams, they can be beat any day. You know, and, and we're seeing it right now. I think you talk about parity in the NFL, I think we're realizing a lot of it right now. You know, everybody got first-round draft picks and second-round draft picks, and they got veteran players and everything. At any point in time, look at Kansas City. I think they won one game this year, and uh, they found a way, you know, to, to win the game based on, you know, the people that they have. The NFL is unbelievably competitive, and there's an unbelievable amount of talent there, and that just determines, you know, that anybody can win on a Sunday. So, you know, I think that when when you uh, take a look at the Arizona Cardinals, who would ever thought they'd be in the position that they're in right now? I don't. I can't remember them playing the playoff game in the last ten years or so. But look at them now. They have great players, and they built through the draft and through acquisition and everything. And look at them. They're playing at a very high level, especially on defense. So I think there's so much talent out there that it can happen at any point in time. Glover, sir. Hey, well, let me, let, me, let me go back to something Mark said earlier, and we've had this conversation before. I don't, I don't classify any of those guys as elite. I think it's a word. I don't think while you're still playing and you've only won one Super Bowl, you shouldn't get elite status. You should get good status, or you should have good number status. But, you know, before this year, Eli Manning wasn't in that quote-unquote elite category. You know, Peyton was, Peyton's always been there. Breeze was there. Aaron Rodgers was there. They had certain quarterbacks that were elite because of statistics, but not because of wins or Super Bowls. You know, and how can we classify somebody as being elite when they've only won one Super Bowl? You know, was Dan Marino an elite quarterback? He never won a Super Bowl. So for me, it's always wording, which I understand sells merchandise and things like that, but it's always funny how we're quick to say something or, or give somebody a, a, a title, you know. If they would have never broadcasted the referees being scab refs or D3 refs and they just went out there on the first day of the opening day of the season and started refing games, nobody would have known they were D3 refs. We just started there making bad calls like they made the year before or the years prior to this season opening. So for me... It's always when people word things or say things, you know, it's always funny. Now that Eli has two Super Bowls, is he more elite than the others that only have one? That's my question. Roethlisberger's been there a few times and won, but we never really talk about Roethlisberger in the elite category. So that's just the question I always have. Or my I think elite is what you it, – it, it's what – it, what what is defined by elite? What 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 does that mean? And I think you got to answer that question before you can you know you can move on and say 
that these quarterbacks are elite. Um, and, and just another note before we get back to these quarterbacks have to play it out. I think James and I have talked about it before. When do you make a quarterback change? Should you do this? Should you do that? Hey, you paying this guy? He's going to make it or he's going to break it. you got to watch and wait and see what this guy's going to do and, and, and then make a decision, make a change. You can't, you know, it's difficult to make a change in quarterback, especially in the middle of the season, anyway, regardless to who it is, whether it's a Romo, whether it's a Sanchez. These guys are getting paid just the same amount, and, and, and Michael Vick was the other year before when they, you know, when they, when they had that controversy at quarterback. We talked about it to, uh, hey, let him play. Let him, let him figure it out. He's either going to uh, sink or he's going to swim. Sure. That's, you know, my opinion of elite is, uh, you know, somebody who performs consistently at a much higher level than everybody else in their peer group. A couple of examples of elite, and I'm talking somebody that's in that real special class. Uh, somebody like Hussein Bolt, who wins almost every time he steps onto the track field. Uh, somebody like LeBron James, who is way better and very consistent, more than any of his peers. You know, you talk about uh, even the gentleman at the Detroit Tigers right now in baseball, uh, Cabrera. And, I mean, winning a Triple Crown for the first time in almost 50 years is, is consistent and playing at a much higher level than everybody else. Even though the playing field is all equal for everybody, somebody stands up at a much higher level than everybody else in the same capacity. That is where you consider somebody to be elite. Let me ask you a question, Mark, two questions. So in saying all that, in some organizations, the talent pool around the quarterbacks are a little bit better on one team than the other. So therefore... But that makes the talent elite as well as the quarterback because the quarterback's only as good as the personnel he have around him. That's my first question. Then my second question, when you was out there golfing with James, did you think his uh, golf game was elite? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, it could also be the opposite end of the elite as well. I mean, you know. <laughs> hey, I will admit, though, I will admit, the longer we played and the more holes we played, his swing got better. <laughs> we, was on, we was on the 18 hole, Mark. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah, well, well, <laughs> but, you know, you know, going back to that elite question, you know, I think that um, an elite quarterback in, in the NFL or even in basketball or even in, in baseball, they have a way of making the people around them better. You know, and there's just it's, it's amazing at how good receivers look when Peyton Manning is throwing the ball. And, and you take that same person and you put him on the Washington Redskins, you know, back in the day when they, you know, they, they catch about 30 balls a year. And Peyton Manning, Manning, they were able to catch 96. So I think that those players that are in that status, if you will, just can, you know, elevate their game to a very different level, they have the ability to make people around them that much better as well. Now, hey, just like you guys, I watched Monday Night Football uh, with, with the Cowboys and the Bears, and I, I saw a lot of drop balls and guys not concentrating and not really focusing in on what they're doing day down in and, day in, and down out. So, you know, that has a lot to do with it as well. You've got to have a, a pretty good supporting cast, but you can also elevate the game to where people want to play hard for you and they want to do things. You know, it's one of those situations where a basketball player in your team comes down and hits a three. 
and all of a sudden, a little momentum grows and grows and grows. And before you know it, you've got two or three guys that are playing at a very, very, very high level simply because somebody else on the team got it started. And they call it a run. But everybody starts to click. People start to run back on defense, and they start to make the shots and, and get, get, uh, get on the floor and get a loose ball and things like that. But those elite players have that innate ability to make people around them much, much better. Mark, I mean, I know we only, we only got you to a break, but I want to ask you a two-part question. One is, um, Michael Vick, um, Sanchez, um, Kevin Cobb, do you think it's time for these teams to, to change these quarterbacks and get them out? What do you think? So we always talk about his Tebow time. Talk about Mike, they want to bring the young guy, and then with Kevin, they want to bring in the, the skeleton guy. What do you think? Well, here's what I honestly believe, okay? I believe that Michael Vick is, is probably one of the more talented quarterbacks we've ever seen in our time. But I don't think that they're really allowing Michael Vick to be Michael Vick. You know, uh, an example would be you take the Washington Redskins and how they've embraced the RG3 and how they morphed the system around his special skill set and talent. And look at him. He's playing at a very, very, very high level right now. Michael Vick has been trying to acclimate himself into a system but it doesn't necessarily complement his true guy-given talents. Michael Vick would probably be a Pro Bowl running back if he played that position. He's that talented of a player. But they have the guy as a drop-back passer, reading, reviewing, check one, check two, check three, what are your options, and so on and so on and so on. You've got to let him go. He's one of the fastest, well, was at one point one of the fastest and uh, one of the more athletic people in the entire football league. But now we're trying to make a robot out of him and try to make him into, you know, uh, a Peyton Manning or a Drew Brees or a Tom Brady. And he is not that. He is an athlete who makes plays, and he makes people around him better as well. So you've got to consider that as well. He may not be in the right system for his skill set and talent. Now, you take a look at uh, Sanchez, at, at some point, you've got to make a determination and to say, hey, look, you know, this isn't exactly what we thought it was going to be. You know, the guy did go to the AFC Championship game, you know, a couple of times and did pretty well in his first couple of years. But beyond that, the consistency is not there. Therefore, he would not be aligned with that elite status. Kevin Cobb, we still don't know. We still don't know. Now, he's had a few opportunities and obviously had a, you know, a nice promotion to go out to Arizona and be the starting quarterback there, but we still don't know his true capability. I think he, he merits a little more time of consideration. However, Sanchez has had his time, you know, and he's just not cutting it. And at some point, they're going to have to make a decision as to whether they want to you know, continue to try to hang on to this or to move in a different direction. You know, that, that's up to management to decide that, but that's my opinion on it. Well, guys, we're going to go to the break with Mark. Well, um, thanks for being on, man. I appreciate it. All right, no problem. Right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate well, it. Hey, before you listen, Mark, i got one minute. What Notre Dame going to do? Well, you know, we're off to a great start. This is the best start we've had in about 10 years. And uh, I think that um, we'll do well. You know, I think we play Stanford in a couple of weeks, and I'll go out and watch the Stanford game myself just to see with my own eyes what their true capabilities are. But I, one thing and I'll let you go right after this, they absolutely have to solidify the quarterback position. That is the leader. That is what we call the queen bee, and all the bees will follow the queen bee. And they've got to find a way to solidify that position for them because right now it's unstable. They're switching quarterbacks, and they have two or three guys playing at a time. They need to go ahead and solidify, make a decision, and live with it, whether they win or die. 
Like, Mom, before you leave, hey, am I a leader or what? I want to go. Am I a lead golf player or what? Enough said, love. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, okay, now you want to hang up, Mark. All right. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. You got All to right, take care, okay? All right, man. Bye-bye. <laughs> Guys, we'll take a break. We'll come back. I'll be elite on the golf course. Thanks a lot, love. Put me out there, too. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, friend. We'll be right back. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Are you looking for the ultimate trail to hike? Maybe you're looking to do the ultimate backpacking adventure. Whether you're a day hiker or an all-out backpacker, be sure to tune in to Backpacking America's Trails with host Rob Maureen. We'll explore some of the most fascinating places on Earth. In addition, we'll talk about backpacking gear, including reviews, safety tips, and more. Our experts will share recipes, destinations, and skills to make backpacking the most enjoyable experience for you. Listen every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving back with the show with TJ Terry Jackson and Eric Glover Glove. Glove, why we start calling you Glove? I know what it was called, Terry, PJ. Why you start calling me Glove? Because it was short for Glover, and you know, my my hands, the women always wanted to be in my hands, so they were soft like gloves. <laughs> so you were, so you were elite, right? I'm, I'm an elite, I'm an elite womanizer? Yes, of course. <laughs> now, before I was married, yes, not now. <laughs> yeah, he cleared that up, didn't he, PJ? <laughs> When I was in college, I was, I was elite. 
You know, I made people around me better, TJ. I yeah. made love better. <laughs> I made all those around me better. So, yes, when I was in college, I was elite. So you were elite. You're elite person, right? I was an elite student athlete when I was in college. Everybody <laughs> around me was better. But <laughs> well, anyway, since Terry chocolate, guys, we talk about the bear. We talk about that. You know, I want to get on with uh, everybody. Keep talking about. I seen um, Jalen Rose on the other day talking about. You know, these players going broke. Is it uh, the players or is it is our culture? You know, I don't understand what he mean by our culture. You know, can you guys explain that to me? Because if the players are going to spend their money and do all that, that's on them. Why would you blame the culture, what they is? You know, you guys, can you all explain that to me? Well, I, I, I don't know if it's the culture or if it's just, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about this before. When you grow up and, and you don't have, you know, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you have a chance to, to get money, to get something that you've never had, you don't have experience in managing anything. You don't have experience in putting things back because you're, you're you're too busy trying to get. And, you know, these guys get these big lump sums of money, and they go out and they enjoy themselves with it. Is that culture? I, I don't know if that's culture or if it's just bad decision-making. I mean, um, you, you would think that if you go to the club and you spend $7,000 at the club, you would have common sense to know that you're not going to get that money back and you don't have anything to show for it but probably a headache and a bunch of cleanup to do. Um, but if you take that same $7,000 and you invest it in something or you, you purchase something, you at least have something to show for that money. Um, but strip clubs, you, you get nothing back. And, and that's where I think a lot of the money goes is the partying and, you know, the doing for the family members and so on and so forth. But when that money runs out, it runs out. Plus, so what, so what you're saying, um, you know, you can ask this club is there because some like culture that grew up in a bad ass over poor, they're always going to go broke in the ones that had some. Is that what you're saying, love? No, that was that was TJ that said that. But what I'm saying is this right here: when when you go to those strip clubs and you're spending money, you're getting what you're paying for. You're you're, you're paying for a fantasy. That's what you want. You're, you're paying for that fantasy because there's individuals in there that outside of the strip club you can never get your hands on lack of you having good conversation or you might just be that shy individual, but inside of those places could be somebody you're now when you're talking a cultural standpoint, you know, when you grew up in a household where it's a single mom, impoverished and, and things like that, you don't have the basic knowledge of what it is to, to balance a budget or, you know, like TJ said, you get a sum of money, and you're not used to having a great sum, so what do you do? You go out and blow it. It's, you know, the culture is everybody is keeping it real, bling, bling. You know, I want to be bigger than the next person. You know, so the one thing that people don't understand is that not everybody in the NFL or MLB or the NBA are multi-millionaires. There's journeyman players in all those leagues. Not everybody makes Kobe money, LeBron money, quarterback money, things like that. And on top of that, don't think about the tax side of it. I don't know if you guys think ESPN2, they had that 30-30 about the athletes going broke, and it's sad. It's tragic that all those guys are broke or filed bankruptcy, but yet none of their accountants, lawyers did. So I find it odd, or I find it, you know, kind of interesting that athletes are broke, 
but agents aren't, accountants aren't. So help me out with that one. Let me ask you this while we're at Terry. I know, and we talk about like Terry said, but my question to you guys is, you know, the reason I bring this back up is because I've seen Jalen Rose talk about that and we talked about before, but how can you say if I'm making 56 million that one year, okay, say I've got 56, the next year I got another 30, so when I'm done, I'm broke, and then I seen, um, the running back for Tennessee, Eddie George, he was about ready to file some paper because his house was on foreclosure, and his house was only $1.3 million. When you, when you get all that money, you pay your house off? Why are you mortgaging your house? I don't, you know, can you guys tell me what that? But those are the financial decisions that, 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 that we're talking about. I mean, sometimes you can't make, you, you know, you don't make a good financial decision. I mean, if you've got the money to pay your house off, pay it off. But if you can't afford to pay it off, you, you wouldn't like any other normal person. Or, or a working person. For how you can afford it, you got thirty six million one year there. Yeah, but you, but you get to the point to where you're you got a mortgage payment, and of course you can make that mortgage payment while you're paying while you're playing football while you're getting a check. But when that football season is over, I mean that's one point some million dollars. Have you you know, did you make enough money to pay for that house? Where's the check coming from now? When 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 your career is over. I mean, that's why you, you, you go bankrupt, because you, you're living above your means. Lover? Well, you know what? It's like this. It goes back to the simple equation of you said he made, what, $56 million in one year? Yeah. Is that what you said? So what's happened, 56? 28? Right, 28. So he probably made $30 million that year. Now you, you take into consideration who is he taking care of? You know, how many, how many homes, you know? for how many cars have you bought? You know, what's the spending spree? You know, you, you think in terms of that right there. You know, people assume that because you make, you know, you sign a contract for fifty-six million dollars, that you have fifty-six. You don't have fifty-six. You have half right. plus because you're paying forty-two percent, if not more than that. So you don't have that money. Your agent's taking what anywhere from four to twelve percent on for that. So you calculate, you know, say ten percent. On that 56, that's the ages cut. The taxes also come out to 56. Now, where all these guys are getting caught at is that when the IRS pay money off that 56, they just spent 55. So now they owe taxes for 56. So that's when you see these houses being foreclosed and taking cars being taken. You know, you look on the show last night, Antoine Walker made $120 million in 12 years. Broke. How do you make a hundred million dollars and you broke? <laughs> you know, and, and and you said a good point too, Glove. That and that's what Jalen Rose said. He started breaking down like, okay, the players go buy the car, and like Terry said, the, the the gold bling bling and that. And then he says, don't never mind it. They go get kids, you know, by different women, you know. So was it? Travis, you know, that's what. Travis Henry had what eight women, eight babies by eight different women, or nine babies by nine different women. You know, when he was playing in Denver, he had like nine kids by nine women. You know, and once he stopped playing, he never went back to the other part of his laziness because they never go back to child support and get the adjustment because they're not playing. So all that does is compound on top of each other. You know, year to year, you know, plus compounded interest. So that's another reason. Why they're in a scenario. But for me, it's just lack of education. Terry? Hey, I, I agree. I mean, you can't, you know, you, first of all, I think if you, uh, 
if if you <laughs> if you're making a hundred twenty million dollars and you don't know that there are professional baby mamas out there, <laughs> you should be broke. <laughs> you know? I agree. Hey, the first thing before you get a check is money. How many girlfriends did you have prior to having all that money? Right. <laughs> well, that's an any day of life thing. You got money, you show up a girl got am I right guys? Right. But my point is my point is when you're walking down the street, do women look down at the ground, one, or do their eyes get big or they're afraid of how you look, two, or do they smile at you and say hi? So that's what you gotta recognize is is how are women, you know, before you get the money. Now, it's easy if you hop out of a Bentley or a Ferrari, everybody going to smile at you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Go ahead, Terry. Well, again, I mean, that goes, I guess that could go back to the culture, love, that that, <laughs> that you spoke about. Um, you know, if you grow up and, and, and you grow up believing that, you know, I got money, I can I can get anything I want. I can get the girls, I can get, you know... I can get the cars. I can get anything. I mean, yeah, that's exactly where you're going to go. I mean, you are basically a product of of, of your the way you grew up. You know, you got to look at it and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Terry, you fan of culture. You don't hear um, uh, pay many women, bro. You don't hear uh, you. I mean, I'm well, whoever you don't hear Troy Aikman women, bro. You don't hear. You know what I'm saying? Why well, it's got to be the culture there because. All you hear is uh, African American guys going broke. Am I right? That's well, you, no, no, no. This, this is where oh, we disagree. No. Because no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go. No, go it's go not ahead. only it's not only it's not only brothers going broke on the show. They had Bernie Kosar, who's, who's who's you know Bernie Kosar, quarterback. He talked about because he was Catholic, he had the Catholic guilt that he had to take care of people. He's broke, but he went see black people being broke is through hey. Uh, James coming up to me in the club. Hey, uh, right. I got this investment. You give me $40,000 and we're going to start a business. See, that's how black athletes go broke. Black athletes go broke by, uh, baby mamas, by, uh, buying everybody, by spending all their money, by opening up multiple car washes, you know, in different cities and not having the right person manage, opening up all little small crazy businesses with not a business sense. White people go broke like uh, Kurt Schilling or Lenny Dykstra, they go go buying a company with $50 million and running it up to $150 million, and then the doors get closed on them. Too. So there's a difference in the, in the blacks going broke and the white athletes going broke. So it is culture, right? Again. Hello? 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 So it is basically what we said is culture. It's different business and different cultures that do different things, right? To a certain extent, yeah, I, I agree with that. But the bottom line is that you're your own man, and you you got to think for for yourself. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's going to come into play on 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 how you grew up and and what you know, what you've learned. But we're talking about, for the most part, college educated people who have been around multi cultures. They've been around whites. They've been around blacks. They've been around Asians and Hispanics. So, you know, you, you take that all into consideration. I hate to sit there and say, well, it's a cultural thing. I mean, you, you can't just sit and blame it on the culture because you've got common sense to know. You're, you're educated for the most part. 
Well, let me ask you guys this. Uh, like I said, I went to that golf tournament. I played with Bob Avellini. He was the best player back in the day. All these older guys that was at this thing, none of them talk about being broke. Now, you think because the players, now they got so much money, they didn't think back then, Bob Avellini said they weren't getting that much money. So you think they value their money better than the guys nowadays? You guys think that? Yes. Yes, what well, is that? Different lifestyle too. Lifestyle. The bottom line is, when that money is hard to get, of course you're going to value it. You know, I mean, you you getting out there, going and, and taking the punishment that these guys are are, are, are taking, and you ain't making a hundred thousand dollars a year. Of course you're going to value that money. Well, you had to think. You had to think in terms of this right here back then when a bunch of those guys were playing off season. They had to get jobs and work. Whereas now these guys don't have to get this out of the season because they're making more money. But like TJ said, they value the money more. But also, life was different back then, a lot slower. Now we have the, the hip hop generation <coughs> where everybody want to make it rain, want to be seen, you know. So, so it's a different lifestyle, it's a different mentality. Back then it was more family, now it's more fun. <laughs> Yeah, Do we use that word lifestyle or culture, love? Well, it's a combination. It's, it's lifestyle, but lifestyle comes from culture. You know, it's like you want to be one one thing that you're really not, but because of the money that you have, you can be. You know, like they say with football players, it's the helmet syndrome. If if a football player didn't have a chain or something, an emblem or something letting you know you was a football player. You would just think you was just a big old fat or a big old muscle dude. Football players have to let people know who they are unless they're recognizable. Basketball players and baseball players don't. So that's why football players do more from a standpoint of being out than others because they have to. They have to prove a point. Shit, I'm a football player. I can do this. I can make it rain. I can X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, we only got one minute to close. We're going to finish this conversation next week because that's a good thing that you guys brought up, you know. And most people think it's culture, but like you say, the players, give it to your culture, the players have control, like Terry say. They're their own man. So, guys, thanks again for being on, and um, TJ and Glove, and we'll see you guys next week. All right, work on that elite, work on that elite golf game. Put <laughs> <laughs> my golf game out there, Glove. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 